Hi again, this is Daniel J. Hogan, and welcome back to the Magic of Airy podcast, brought to you by MagicOfAerie.com. Last time, our heroes were able to destroy Vanderalt's ship by ramming through it with the Griffin, but the victory was short-lived as Unala and his Pyrex appeared. The Griffin then took to the air thanks to a pair of hot air balloons under its deck. The episode ended with Zeroth preparing to fight his former partner, Arbel, as Steve looked for the controls to fire the cannon called The Big One. Stay updated. Follow the podcast on Twitter, at MOE Podcast, or you can follow me on Twitter, at Daniel J. Hogan. You can also like the podcast on Facebook. Just search for Magic of Airy. And now, the next fantastic episode of The Magic of Airy. The Magic of Air, the podcast, written and produced by Daniel J. Hogan, based on the novel The Magic of Airy by Daniel J. Hogan. To learn more about the novel, please visit magicofairy.com or danieljhogan.com. Episode number 28. Payback. Zero swung Gladius at Arbol. The traitor managed to block the blow with the stock of his crossbow, but only barely as Gladius nearly cleaved it in two. Arbol strained against Zero's strength as he tried to twist Gladius to one side. Zero noticed Arbol's fading strength in addition to his overall sickly appearance. The Morning Dove was no longer the strapping and sturdy hunter that Zeroth had come to know during their years as members of the Five. Arbol's black marble eyes were sunken, and his body appeared to be wasting away. Patches of feathers were missing, and more were falling out as they struggled, revealing loose, hanging flesh that looked as if it were draped over his skeleton. His use of Uled's caper cape was taking its toll. What's wrong, Arbol? Is all that turning in the mist not agreeing with you? Without so much of a blink of his cold, black eyes, Arbol managed to kick Zeroth in one of his knees. As Steve watched Arbel run toward the bow of the ship and away from the momentarily disabled Zero, he reviewed the panel of levers and switches once more, and he noticed a lever labeled as the big one. Steve shrugged, released the safety catch, and pulled down on the lever. Once more, the sound of large metal gears churning filled the ship, and Steve felt the wooden boards beneath him rumble. Zeroth cursed at himself for letting his guard down while taunting Arbel. He dashed after the morning dove, passing by Alexander and Hector as they worked on extinguishing a fire. The ship seemed to come to life under his feet as he scurried across the wooden deck. Arbel ducked behind the pixie tree and pulled out his small repeating crossbow. Ignoring the pain in his knee, Zero tucked and rolled to avoid the first barrage of dart-like bolts. Zero let the second volley of arrows strike his shield before finding cover behind one of the large trap doors that had covered the hot air balloon closest to the bridge. Meanwhile, between the eyes of the giant eagle's head at the bow of the ship, a set of metal doors began to slide apart. There was a loud clunk, and they were completely open. Another set of gears began turning, forcing the barrel of a very large cannon to extend several yards out from the eagle's forehead. Wow. Now that's a cannon. Zeroth spied Arbel loading another box of small arrows into his repeating crossbow and decided to risk an attack. Zero dashed from behind the wooden trap door and headed for the other side of the pixie tree. Julia spun the steering wheel to bring the griffin into a better firing position. Unala had dropped the reins after Kaz had been thrown into him by the pixie people, causing the Pyrex to wander aimlessly through the sky. 
Julius instructed Steve from the helm to pull the cables that would raise the ship higher to get a better shot. A sudden change in altitude caused Alexander to drop his bucket of water and to run once again for the side of the ship. The unexpected lurch of the ship also caused Zero to lose his footing, and he crashed into the ship's rail and nearly fell overboard. Zeroth! Era's words caught Arbol's attention. The morning dove dropped his small crossbow, pulled the mammoth-sized crossbow from his back, aimed at Zeroth, and fired. Zeroth could not dodge the heavy crossbow bolt. All he had time to do was raise his shield. Zeroth howled as the thick bolt pierced his shield and arm, pinning the heavy shield to his forearm. Arbel pulled out another stake-sized crossbow bolt and prepared to finish off his former partner. Zeroth's ears pounded as pain coursed through his body, making him barely able to stand or hear Gladius's muffled words. The birdman gave the swordfish a quick squeeze. Come on, hunter. You ain't gonna let a little poke in the arm stop ya now, are ya? Fueled by pain and rage, Zeroth let loose a piercing hawk cry. As he charged towards Arbel, giving Gladius a hearty squeeze along the way. The cry and Zero's newfound energy caught Arbol off guard. He dropped his large crossbow and reached inside his caper cape for his second repeating crossbow. Arbol's hand was a blur on the firing lever of his crossbow as he fired several shots at the enraged Zero. Undeterred, Zeoth screamed through the pain as he raised his shield arm to once again fend off most of the arrows, letting a few nick his body. Zeroth jumped at Arbol and slashed with Gladius, cleanly slicing the dove's smaller crossbow in half. Arbol panicked, turned into mist, and wafted around Zeroth. The only thing bothering Zeroth more than the indescribable pain in his arm was the indescribable smell that Arbol was giving off. Arbol solidified behind Zeroth long enough to retrieve his colossal crossbow before retreating into his gaseous state. Zeroth slashed at the cloud of noxious mist, following it to the eagle's head on the bow of the griffin. Arbol, you coward! Fight me! As if on cue, Arbol solidified behind Zeroth and whacked him across the back with his giant crossbow, nearly knocking him overboard. You are listening to the Magic of Every Podcast, a free audiobook podcast by Daniel J. Hogan, available at magicavery.com and through the iTunes Music Store. Nauseous, yet determined to win the day, Alexander the Small looked up and saw the big one was ready to fire a deadly blast. Alexander wiped his mouth with a feathered arm and looked back towards Steve and Julius. Ready? Grab a hold of something! Julius yelled to everyone within earshot. Weaponless, aside from his spent crossbow, Arbol lunged at Zeroth atop the metal eagle's head. His heavy crossbow met Zeroth's shield. Arbol pounded repeatedly on the bolt and drove it through the shield and Zeroth's arm like a nail. Arbol pushed Zeroth further down the bow until he was right on the tip of the cannon. The blows made Zeroth's legs turn to jelly. He collapsed as Arbol rained more blows down upon him. The pounding in Zeroth's head quickly drowned out the clang-clang of the crossbow against his shield. Time slowed to a crawl, and Zeroth's vision blurred. His thoughts drifted to memories of himself and Cam, his old mentor. Zeroth's battered body went limp atop the smooth, curved surface of the large cannon. An ancient memory clawed its way to the foreground of Zeroth's thoughts. A memory of fire and pain. Zeroth let the memory take him over. His shield arm fell to his side, exposing his unprotected body and face. Hobble towered over Zeroth's limp body, raised his massive crossbow high, and prepared to deliver a fatal blow to Zeroth's head. Suddenly, 
Zeroth delivered a fast, well-placed kick to the region where males of any species really don't like to receive fast, well-placed kicks. Abba collapsed on top of Zeroth, letting his colossal crossbow fall into the sea below. Zeroth narrowed his now red-tinted eyes at the traitorous morning dove and whispered bitterly, This is for Krim. Zeroth swung his shield arm and stabbed Arbo on the back with the protruding crossbow bolt. Perpetually silent Arbo screamed. Zeroth roared and used his rage-induced strength to pull his arm free, leaving the bolt embedded in Arbo's back. He then flipped the morning dove over the front of the cannon. As Zeroth crawled back to the deck of the griffin, Arbo clung to the mouth of the big one, too weak to turn into mist and fly away. Fire! cried Alexander, throwing a fist into the air to add dramatic flair. Steve gripped the firing mechanism and pulled the rusty lever down with gusto. The barrel of the large cannon belched fire and black smoke into the sky, filling everyone's ears with a thunderous boom. A cannonball the size of a boulder screamed toward the idle Pyrex and their passengers. Steve watched as the enormous cannonball sailed through the air on a direct path to the Pyrex. Meanwhile, in the flying fertilizer cart, Runala, Remit, and Kaz wrestled around, fighting to stand up. Get off, Unala! The lights! The lights! Screamed a frightened Kaz, who was still recovering from his failed attack on the griffin. The large swanton warrior flailed about on top of Unala and Remit. Oof! Get off me, you wingless buffoon! Screamed Remit. Unala gave him a nasty look. Yeah, not you, sir. I meant Kaz. Um, what was that sound? Unala does not know. Go and look! The large Hawken commanded as he pushed the still frightened Kaz off of them. Remit slowly peered over the edge of the cart. He saw the Pyrex flapping their flaming wings, waiting for directions from the reins of Unala, but nothing else. Remit turned his head in the direction of the sound, but all he saw was a large bank of white clouds. I do not see any... I have zoo! Remit yelled as a giant cannonball burst from the clouds and went screaming toward the unaware Pyrex. Unala wants to know what is going on! Unala said as he pulled himself to an upright position. With horror-filled eyes, he watched the mammoth cannonball crash into the Pyrex, ripping them out of their chains and collars. The Pyrex and the cannonball plummeted into the water with an enormous splash. The screams of the fiery birds hung in the air for several seconds. The old fertilizer cart hovered in the air for a few seconds, which seemed like an eternity to the passengers. The cart then began falling toward the choppy rock sea below them. All three passengers began screaming. <coughs> Eventually, Remet had a thought. Wait, I can fly, Remet said as he began flapping his wings. However, Unala and Kaz could not fly, and each grabbed onto the much smaller Remet as he attempted to gain some lift. What are you doing? Unala commands you to fly us to safety, the wingmaster ordered as he grabbed a hold of one of Remit's legs. Yeah, what he said, Kaz added as he grabbed Remit's other leg. The small Hawken flapped his wings as best he could, but the trio began quickly descending toward the sea. The fertilizer cart fell out from under them, crashing into the blue waters below. Remit strained against the massive weight of his bigger companions. Fly higher, Unala commands you. Yeah, what he said. Steve and the others watched from the deck of the Griffin as a large cannonball knocked the Pyrex into the water, doing away with the nightmarish creatures. The water steamed for several minutes where they had splashed into the sea. <coughs> Uncle Shameless commented as he took a swig of elder cherry wine. With the deck fire now extinguished, Hector returned to his post and pointed to Remit trying to fly away with Unala and Kaz clutching his legs. 
The hawk and warrior flapped and flapped his wings, but the strain became too great, and everyone watched as Remit could no longer move his wing. Steve's would-be captors crashed into the sea, screaming all the way. Ouch! Said Steve, knowing from experience what it was like to drop from a great height into an unforgiving body of water. A bright light caught the corner of his eye, and Steve turned around. Several dozen pixie people flew toward the bridge, floating something along with them. Zeroth! Steve cried as the pixies lowered the severely wounded hunter to the deck. Era began treating his wounds right away. Steve joined her at Zeroth's side as the birdman opened his eyes slowly. Did I get him? Guessing that he was referring to Arbel, Steve told the hunter what he wanted to hear. Yeah, you got him. <sighs> About time. Zeroth wheezed as he proceeded to pass out, too exhausted to notice a faint odor riding on the wind. Alexander walked proudly to the helm of his ship, strutting as best he could. Uncle Seamus carried Zeroth inside the cabin so Era could continue treating his plethora of wounds. Excellent. Excellent. Alexander said in a congratulatory voice as Steve retracted the big one into its hiding place with a flick of a switch. Good work, my boy. We'll make a hero out of you yet. No thanks. I just didn't feel like getting burned alive by a giant chicken skeleton. I don't think they are really chickens, answered Alexander, referring to the Pyrex, and not getting Steve's joke. I'll tell you what they are. Ugly. Don't you mean... Well, at least there aren't any more of them. Back in Tull, the citizens of the Duck City could not share the same relief as Steve. Ducks and other citizens fled the now blazing city, dodging streams of fire and destructive fireballs sent forth by the flight of Pyrex laying waste to Tull. Dozens of the fiery beasts clouded the sky. Above the burning city of Tall, Fiacra twitched for a moment as his mental link with the Pyrex following Steve was severed. His ability to see what the Pyrex see had led him to Tall. Hawk King decided to smite the city for aiding the boy. As the Hawk King oversaw the widespread destruction, he waited for Unala to return with Steve, secretly hoping that Zeroth would be with him as well. The loss of the magical link with his burning minions told Fiacra something had gone wrong, causing the Hawk King to bellow in rage. To help relieve his fuming anger, the Hawk King swooped down to attack a defenseless old lighthouse. Hours later, the Uth Chamber of Commerce and the Aldermen were ready to finally launch their attack against Steve for destroying their village and forcing them to repaint all of their signs. Battle cries of, I will be fed, which had won the vote, roared from their mouths. The phrase actually came from a mistranslation of an old human word, but the committee didn't feel like correcting it. Unfortunately, no one, save the few crew members who had made repeated attempts to inform everyone, had realized Steve and the Griffin were both long gone. Well, doesn't that just take the biscuit, lamented the alderman, who was dressed up with no place to go in his battle gear, which was nothing different than his normal clothing, save the addition of a ghastly fur coat. The alderman turned to his public relations advisor, a young woman who was dressed better than the rest of the group put together. Lauren, is there any way this could not look bad? Lauren thought for a moment, putting her weeks of public relations know-how to the test. Um, we could say you scared them away. Donald's beard, now, that's the ticket. 
gushed the alderman as he made his way to a comfortable chair and an equally comfortable bottle of wine. With the enemies behind them, the group of adventurers relaxed and enjoyed the view of the nearly endless sea under them as the griffin casually flew through the sky. Uncle Shameless unsuccessfully tried leading everyone in singing a round of The Deacon Went Down. He was unsuccessful because instead of addressing Era, Steve, Zeroth, and Alexander as he thought, he was in fact talking to a pile of old barrels and buckets. Come on then, sing loud and proud. Uh, ain't difficult. Uncle Shamus swayed back and forth as he began singing again. Just follow my lead. Well, the deacon went down. He waited for the barrels and buckets to repeat the chorus, and was once again disappointed. That was terrible, Uncle Shameless criticized between sips of elder cherry wine. Now, let's try that again. Steve, I'm looking at you, Uncle Shameless yelled as he jabbed a finger at a rotted-out barrel. From the bridge of the ship, the real Steve watched his uncle and shook his head. The boy turned to face the pint-sized captain of the flying ship. Are you sure you know where you're going? Alexander the Small looked up from a tattered map that looked as if it had been drawn with a broken crayon during an earthquake. Oh, of course, the dragon's cove, right? No! Dragon's well! Ah, ah, I know, I was only joking. Why don't you go and check on Zero of them, hmm? Steve sighed and ventured off to the main cabin of the ship. When Steve was out of earshot, Alexander leaned over to Julius and whispered, Change of plan, head north. Ha! I was right. Quiet, you. This concludes today's episode of The Magic of Aerie. Make sure to join us again next time. What awaits our heroes at Dragon's Well? Did Zeroth survive his injuries? Will Uncle Shameless ever realize barrels can't sing? Find out in the next thrilling episode of The Magic of Harry. The copyright day of this episode was June 14th, 2010. Stay updated. Follow the podcast on Twitter at MOE Podcast. Help support this free podcast by using the PayPal donate button on the website. Magic of Harry Podcast by Daniel J. Hogan and Scary Dice Productions is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivative Works 3.0 United States license. This only applies to the podcast and not the original novel. Feel free to share this podcast. The Magic of Airy, the podcast, written and produced by Daniel J. Hogan. This podcast was produced in GarageBand and Audacity on a Mac. Some sound effects and music are provided by freesound.org. Other sound effects and music provided by GarageBand. For more information or to buy a copy of the original novel, please visit magicofairy.com or danieljhogan.com. And as always, thanks for listening.